Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Yesterday, this wasn't official, but we kind of figured this was coming. Uh, And now it is official today. Biden has now said the United States will ban Russian oil imports in response to the invasion of Ukraine. So in case... What, like 2% of what we use? It's 2 or 4%? Was that what it was? Okay, I didn't It's not know. a whole lot. It doesn't really matter, though. Look what prices did just on the presumption that the United States was going to do this. Now the United States has done it. Uh, it's course, not just a presumption And, not, and not just oil, either. It's a, it's a lot of product is yeah. uh, go, going up in price, and of course, they, those companies are blaming it on the, the invasion of Ukraine. According to this story here at CNBC, the U.S. imported around 672,000 barrels a day from Russia in 2021, and that amount makes up roughly 8% of the total U.S. imports of oil and refined products. Hmm. Now, at the same time as Biden making this announcement, and it is quote-unquote immediate, according to the senior Biden administration official who spoke with reporters, no new contracts will be allowed and existing contracts for Russian oil must be phased out within 45 days. Uh, In addition, we spoke yesterday about how now the Biden administration is courting with the government in Venezuela, the very same government that has been torturing its own people by, you know, essentially starving them out. I was reading an article recently about the cost of eggs uh, gone up because the cost to feed chickens has gone up. And so, like, there's this cascading effect that goes on. Everything that gets more expensive makes everything else more expensive. Correct. And, of course, you know, the the Biden administration loves to blame corporations, but it's the government that's to blame for all of this with their endless money printing. The trillions of dollars in quote-unquote relief. Well, here's your relief. Well, I wouldn't say what comes out of that. Well, they're not printing. They're borrowing. From the people who are because they're, they're the Federal Reserve, they are the main culprits. They're the ones behind all of this and yeah. who really control the the, the strings. Uh, yes, it's the it's the printing of money uh, and all the regulations, of course. But you said it's trickle trickle effect, so it starts with the uh, starts with the feed. Sadly, right. though, and, the government's just going to go. No, this is a, this is Russia's fault. That's and, what they're doing. And the yeah. masses are going to believe it. And not, and not only, by, by the way, speaking of feed, not only does Russia. I didn't realize it was as high as 8% of our oil was coming from there. But let's mm-hmm. not forget about all the other product, like food. Yeah, they do a lot of wheat processing they, out there, they right? They do, but the, big, Europe. But, but the big one, the, I think probably the biggest on the list, second to uh, oil, is fertilizer. Hmm. We get a lot of fertilizer from Russia and from China, and uh, that is directly uh, uh, in, in, in line when it comes to our food production. If we don't have fertilizer, oh yeah, we can grow food. But it ain't going to be what it was last year. At the same time, the UAE and Saudi Arabian official types will not even speak with Biden. And so they're not going to come to his aid. So he's going crawling on his knees to Venezuela, as we learned last night. The Biden administration trying to butter up the Venezuelan government, who they've been sanctioning for years now, since since far back as Obama so it wasn't just a Trump thing. It was, you know, right. during the Obama administration, the uh, the U.S. federal government began sanctions against Venezuelan people, well, Venezuelan government people, and those did widen over time. 
Of course, the Venezuelan government has been doing the worst damage to their own people over the last several years, and that's because of socialism. But now, all of a sudden, the oil that Venezuela is sitting on is really interesting to the Biden administration. And and then, all of a sudden, the mainstream media is starting to promote how Venezuela, hey, they're not so bad anymore. You know, all that reporting we did over the last decade about how people are... Not quite starving, but they're hungry enough to where they're losing weight year after year, where the government can't even pay the bill to print their money anymore. They can't pay their money printer, which is a private company uh, based in Europe. Where they didn't have running water, where they were purifying sewage in right. order to drink it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the military was in such bad shape. They were like capturing stray dogs on or goats or whatever and killing them because they weren't getting enough food from the government. It was probably as of like a year ago, we were reporting on how the Venezuelan government decided to officially look the other way when it came to the businesses advertising prices in both Bolivar and in dollars. It just became so common that people were using dollars, they realized that, okay, well, this might actually be a way for us to save our hides, Right, because they knew that people people were pissed. There were there have been protests over the last several years in Venezuela that didn't quite get to the point of running Maduro out on a rail, but made him probably a little nervous mm-hmm. for his own personal well being. And so at some point they just said, All right, we're not gonna arrest you anymore if we catch you using the dollar. Okay? So you guys that want a price in the dollar, it's fine. We're still not gonna let you put it into the bank accounts. But if you want to go ahead and, and accept dollars, no biggie. We're, we're not going to prosecute anybody. And that actually made a huge shift for the Venezuelan people because it allowed the business owners to actually openly accept dollars because that would have been like a criminal act. They would have been Their business would have been shut down if they were caught accepting right. dollars previously. Now they can advertise that they do accept dollars. They can pay people in dollars. And so it has essentially dollarized the Venezuelan economy to a large extent and I suspect that again, that's, that's they do mention that story. by allowing dollars to flow freely and private enterprise to flourish in recent months, Maduro seems to have breathed new life into his regime. Uh, y'all were talking about propaganda earlier, um, and I find it very interesting um, some of the stuff coming out right now and where a lot of this stuff's originating from. And I feel like maybe the Ukrainians are propaganda too hard um, because what what is coming to light now is that the ghost of Kiev, this guy that became the first uh, ace in a less than 24-hour period, got five, uh, got five kills in 24 hours. Two of those, the, the one where he shot down two right after each other, has been confirmed to be a simulator. Um, yeah, there's no reason to believe this ghost of Kiev person is even real. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, pretty sure so, it's been confirmed that the whole thing has been made up completely from top to bottom at well, this point. And I think the simulator you're referring to is footage from a video game called Arma 3, which was being passed around social media like two weeks ago at this point. It's pretty old news. Uh was being passed around, I don't know, seen millions of times as though it was actually footage from Ukraine when it was a video game. Yeah, and when you consider that they've been, well, they've been, there's been infighting in Ukraine for the last decade, uh, they have l- tons of footage of people basically beating the, beating themselves senseless, beating each other in the heads, blood, wreckage, burning. Uh, they've got lots to pick from, lots to pick and choose from. Mm-hmm. This whole thing, this whole event, this whole invasion could be 
could be a wag the dog event. Here we are. We're speculating. We're like, this is you know, what can we what can we trust? Uh, can we trust anything? And I'm no, and I'm of can't. the I'm of the opinion that no, you can't even trust us because we might be completely wrong this evening. The only thing you can there trust- might be there might be ten thousand dead Russians and ten thousand dead Ukrainians right now. Uh, and when we wouldn't know because who would you trust? The only thing you can trust is your own experience. And the fact is we're not there. We're not there. So exactly. we have no experience. We had some people call in over the last couple of weeks who claimed to be in Ukraine. Uh, one of them claimed to be in the Ukraine military or the defense force, as uh, as it's called. And later, somebody who is a uh, Free Talk Live longtime supporter did reach out and said he suggested to that person to call in. And he vouched for him, said he was uh, the real deal. Um, and then there's another lady, Delena, who's called in twice at this point, and that's the closest we can come to saying maybe they're real. And, you and, know, and by the maybe. way, I didn't hear those. What were their reports? Uh, in, well, a, in a nutshell, Galena's reports came in right before the supposed uh, rolling in of troops into Kiev, but she was in Kharkiv. She was in Kharkiv, and she had said she hadn't seen any conflicts between Russian. Tro- she hadn't even seen any Russian troops. Yeah, well, I, I uh, have, uh, I know that. Uh, but she wasn't like a Russian sympathizer either. I mean, like she, she could was, have been. How do? How would we know? Right. Well, at least based on she her could first have been a call, Russian spy. Based on her first call, she sounded very pro Ukraine. Putin, in one of his earlier statements that I've I've actually read, I've not read it on the air, but I've I've taken the time to actually because I want to know what do they say? What is it that the right. U, what is it that the U.S. and the Western, the European Union don't want me to read? They don't want me to read RT. Yeah, why are they taking RT down left and right? Right. So I'm going to go there and I'm going to read you know some of the stuff they're putting out because I want to get the other the other perspective. Yeah, I on wish this. that man spoke English. It would be, Putin? Yeah, it would. He just needs to stop everything he's doing. I and know he's old. Learn some English. If he could, if he could, if he just had English sound bites, because some of the things mm. he says, the guy's a, the guy's, a, he's a, he's a Russian patriot. He loves. I think he really, truly loves his country. He's former KGB. I'm. I would be shocked if he doesn't speak I'm, English. I'm military. Well, <laughs> uh, good, good point. Good point. Um, he probably knows a. Lo- he probably knows a couple other languages as well. I, I would imagine he does. He's just, he's just playing. But I mean, he's speaking to the Russian people when he's speaking. I mean. Our president Joe Biden probably knows Spanish, but you don't see him, you know, going around speaking. Can I Spanish? say something? Sure. I, I don't understand. I don't understand a lick of Russian, but I understand Putin a hell of a lot more than I do Biden, who speaks <laughs> English. Just, just saying. Uh, one of the things that he linked to in his speech was the fact that Amnesty International, which is a fairly widely renowned group that does investigations on international abuses of human rights right like people have heard about amnesty international we recently reported oh not re- that recently but last year we had a report from amnesty international about the uh the chinese government and their re-education camps hey daily digestion listeners this is riley blake i enjoy free talk live and i know you do too but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy so i produce the daily digest I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Venezuela has the world's largest known oil reserves. And if this deal came to fruition, it doesn't really say what deal they're talking about. Oh, yes, it does. I just glossed over it. They were offering to pair 
holders of American bonds with a foreign drilling company that would be granted the rights to some government boondoggle, basically, is what I'm getting hmm. away out of this. This is ex- exactly what China does in all the countries they move into. Yeah, well, they, they build the infra- uh, they build the infrastructure. Well, Venezuela is offering to it's very clear pair bondholders with a foreign drilling company, presumably a Chinese one, that would be granted the rights to oil fits. It's all very that's confusing. Really interesting because uh, we had mentioned last night about how the Venezuelan government nationalized the oil industry in the 1970s with the creation of what and now they, they call sell it. Yeah, PDVSA, the Venezuelan oil corporation, basically, that's run by the government. It has been run into the ground uh, by the government, which is what they've done there when they nationalize every industry they've nationalized. And it's been like hundreds of businesses they've taken over with government force, which has, of course, run a lot of the entrepreneurs out of the country. Because if you're an entrepreneur and you have a business that you set up in Venezuela and it was successful and you start seeing other people in business having their businesses literally just taken from them because that's what for listeners that don't know that's what nationalization is where the government comes yes. in and says oh mine they acknowledge here the US dollar has over the last year become Venezuela's unofficial currency appearing in cafeteria menus and mom and pop shop windows blocks from the presidential palace and keep in mind this used to be illegal if you were to accept the dollar at your business, you could have your business raided and shut down and probably face criminal charges. Now, the government doesn't care because the government guys, uh, the gangsters there, realized that if they didn't let people use the dollar, the people of Venezuela were going to kill them. That they were going to burn them out of their offices. You can only starve and, people for so long. Yeah, and it was a desperate move on their part to just leave them alone. And that's what they did. And across the capital, according to this website here, batimes.com.ar, that's what we're sharing this from, bodegas filled with French champagne, vacuum-sealed salmon, and Grana Padano Italian cheese appeared where bankrupt shops had once been. The boulevard, the official currency, has become worthless through years of hyperinflation. Quote, what we saw wasn't a liberalization, but a permissiveness, and in some cases, a legal framework that existed but wasn't enforced, unquote, said Tamara Herrera, the chief economist at Caracas-based consultancy Sintesis Financiera. Quote, the need arose because of progressively intensifying U.S. sanctions. The new decrees show the government's fiscal hunger and punitive nature. The dollar is certainly losing value at almost a record clip. It's certainly at record highs in the last 40 years, according to the government's own numbers. And we're going to get the February numbers probably within the next week, from what I understand. So maybe it'll be in the two, uh, the double digits, because last month it was 9.7% was the uh, official, I think that was either the producer or the consumer. I forget which one, which one it was, but it was very high. Uh, quote, we are doing this now because there are signs that point to a recovery on the economy, says a Socialist Party lawmaker at the National Constituent Assembly. He's referring to the tax on the dollar sales. So, yep. Oh, OK. We see the, the, the economy is recovering, so we need to tax it. That's oh, yeah. what they're saying. <laughs> quote, but we have a highly speculative economy in which price fixers, especially merchants, take every opportunity to set and obtain extraordinary profits and incentives for national production must be created through more efficient policies, she said. So what does they, that even mean? It just goes to show they, they don't know anything. <laughs> they have not learned a single lesson. 
They they see money moving like all government people, and they must what? tax it. So on one hand, they're claiming that, oh, well, things are so much more capitalistic. And then halfway through the article, they get into the fact that the price control agency, which had declined its scrutiny in recent months, is all of a sudden back on the job and going from business to business, inspecting more than 1,900 stores in just the month of January alone to make sure that they were pricing according to the government's mandates. Mm, 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 mm. What they're really doing is making sure that people are paying the appropriate protection fee. For sure. To the the latest mafia group. Yeah, that's ultimately all this is. That's all it is. Yep. And you know what? I was just looking to see uh, the website that I used to go to every time we talked about Venezuela in the last decade. uh, I would always go to dollartoday.com. And promote the hell out of the site because it's a really interesting site that actually gave you the black market rates for uh, what the the bolivar was worth. So what could in you USD. Tra- right? So what could you trade one U.S. dollar for on the black market in Venezuela, and how many bolivar would you get? Because uh, as you mentioned earlier, I believe Aria, there was a government, there is still an official government rate, an exchange rate, a, a, a set exchange rate of one U.S. dollar is worth X bolivar. In January, according to the story at the Buenos Aires Times, the uh, 1,900 stores were inspected, quote-unquote, by the price control agency. And they've released as many as 135 agents across the country to, quote-unquote, end the speculative economy. Here's what one business owner said. And no doubt to see what you're actually making in revenue so so that you can be taxed accordingly. Here's what one business owner said, Maria Luisa Pereira, who sells flour, rice, and condiments at her market in western Caracas. She said, quote, they came last week to tell us to cut our profits to 30%, which we had to do because they would, you know, they would find throw, out. close your business. Either, either, someone, either an irate customer would complain because they're having to pay more than what they knew that it was supposed to be, or according to the government. Right, and if you don't do it, you go to jail or, you know, they hurt you. She says, but it hurt our business. How can we survive on so little with hyperinflation? They hadn't been here in months, and now they threatened us to come two more times in February. We're afraid, she said. Hmm. Meanwhile, fewer Venezuelans are leaving, according to two polling firms. Well, not, not at this rate. They keep up their, you know, their tactics. People are going to leave again. Debt analysis and Delphos. In a December report from debt analysis, those expressing a desire to leave the country fell to just 38%, down five points from a year before. That's still a full third of the, right. the, uh, the country that wants to leave. This reminds me of World War One, when every all the young men... Uh, they were they were dying literally dying to to go fight in the new war because they were I don't know what was going on I don't know why their lives suck so hard but it this was something to do this was the patriotic thing to do and I'm I'm getting that same vibe right okay. now that even liberals would be like I said like volunteering up. to go yeah. rather than being drafted okay I believe so I don't believe sixteen thousand people have actually called up Zelensky and and said hey we you know we want to come fight with you guys but I do believe the number is big. I believe that there's a lot of people who are all about this because they've been taught their whole lives that Russia bad, mm-hmm. Putin bad. I, in, my, in the 80s when I grew up, it was every single uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Rambo film, right. they were always fighting, guess the who? Russians. The Russians. The Ruskies. Red, Red Dawn. The, Red, the Reds. Yeah. And, uh, and this is, we're back to it. 
What's and, old is new again. Well, it's a new it's a new war. I don't think it ever went away. You know right? what? Let me let, and I just and I pulled this up. I don't remember reading this, and I, I I'm I'm sure it's actually a quote in there, but it's from 1984. The rage that one felt was an abstract, undirected emotion which could be switched from one object to another, like the flame of a blow lamp. That's happening for sure. I, we, we just saw it. We literally COVID just saw to it. COVID Ukraine. It, it, COVID Boom. died in a, in a couple of days. Yeah. As the war rages on in Ukraine and the eyes of the world are fixed on the tragic events in Europe, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has slowly started to release Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine data to the public, something that they had originally wanted to do until 2096. <laughs> While reports of are they would t- it would take them up to twenty nine six to yeah. release all of the data, not all. Okay, they wouldn't wait That's until twenty nine six to release it all in one one lump. And and the FDA was doing this essentially on Pfizer's behalf, rather Correct. than Pfizer themselves all, doing well, it. Are, are they any different? Are they not the same organization? They are. But they're in bed. I, to, I know that they're sleeping in the same bed. To most people listening, they're not. While reports of vaccine side effects continue to roll in across the globe, the FDA's initial request of seventy five years. To release the data, which is linked to its decision in December 2020 to grant Pfizer BioNTech emergency use authorization for its mRNA vaccine, was finally turned down and subsequently a judge ordered the release of data to begin in March, citing the request as paramount to public importance. I agree Mm. with that. The data request came uh, from the Public Health of Medical Professionals, the PHMP. I'm not familiar with these guys. Demanding more transparency, who sued the FDA under a freedom of information due to the FDA's initial request of only releasing a minimum of 500 pages a month. So, according to Endpoint News, among from the first 10,000 pages, right? Just just 10,000 okay. uh, released March uh, March 1st, and uh, supposedly 12,000 a month, or 12,000 immediately, and so we've only gotten okay. So 10K. It was 12,000 right up front right up and front. then 50,000 per month. A month. So roughly for the next 6 or so months. So among the documents released, one shows a nearly 2.9 million user fee payment to FDA from Pfizer. Oh. Well, we knew that. Well, that that's we not just Pfizer, that's all of them. That's Moderna, that's Johnson right. and Johnson, that's all of these boys. They are in bed with FDA and You said 2.9 billion? 2.9 million. Oh, million? That's jump change. And I mean, That's we've known nothing. this since like the the late, I mean, the early 2000s. The FDA has been pay to play for a very long That's time. That's it. I figured it'd be way more than that. I mean, 2.9 million. That's that's what we found out in the first 10,000 pages. Okay, yeah, that's. I mean, if my understanding is, it costs billions of dollars for uh, for these companies to put their medicines through the FDA approval process. So maybe that's just one of many fees or something like that because that seems really low. I it, mean now now that I've said it out loud it does. Yeah. It does seem pretty low, but yeah. I mean when you when you consider all of the drug companies who are trying to get their all of these guys are trying to get their drug passed sure. every, every single year. Pfizer's Comirnaty mm-hmm. got FDA approval. Legally though, they say that it's the same thing. Comirnaty is the same as the Pfizer BioNTech uh, vaccine, right. but le- just... but legally it is not. Hmm. So if you get sick, uh, you still can't sue. No, you can't sue. Well, I can't because, because I didn't get the vaccine. Well, correct. Well, this is the uh, the I think the most important takeaway here is it doesn't matter what's in these three hundred thousand pages. 
not it's not going like you can see the worst of the worst as far as side effects and them acknowledging that this is dangerous and it won't make any difference from a legal perspective yep. as far as people actually getting any kind of compensation well you can this. get you might be able to get some from that that vaccine damages uh fund that this that the was federal that, government that, has? that was set up many many years ago that, mm. that, I, that i believe big pharma lobbied for because they didn't mm. want to get sued that's been, by the way, if you want to fix any of this, that's the first thing you do. You just, you, you, you remove this uh, uh, inability to sue these companies for damages, and all of this will stop overnight. The, 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 the yeah, but they're fa- not going to do that. They're, of course they're not. They're, they're buddies. They're buddies. We know this. So and they're not going to face any kind of serious consequences for this. That's just my prediction here. It's not going to matter what's in this report. People are going to get the the same people who are already concerned about vaccines are going to be rightfully upset at finding this out. One of the things is the experience of uh, masks in Florida and the experience of masks in New Hampshire. I was up in New Hampshire, I think, like ten days ago, and um, I, uh, you know, on two occasions. I didn't go into very many stores, but on two occasions, one, I went into a Walmart, had to get some packing material, and they, were, they had a friendly little uh, fellow there uh, saying, uh, can I interest you in a mask, sir? Mask, sir? Did you, you want a mask before you go? <laughs> this was in Walmart? And then, uh, they don't ask you to put one right. on. They just ask if you would like one. What, what town right. were you in? Keen. There, there's a, yeah, well, hold on, Ian, because I, I have seen this man accost other customers. He won't even look at me. It has never happened to me. He's there. He's he usually hides behind the carts when I walk in. I've I just, never I, even I seen it happen. Because I give him the evil eye. He walks away from me. I've never even seen it happen to anybody else at this one. I haven't either. I always just walk right by. The guy never asked me. I know he's there, and I know what he's doing, but he's never been like, hey, would you like him asking? I'm like, he's never bothered. Strange. I think he's seen enough thousands well, of people go through that. He just he knows who's going to I mean, give yeah, him the cold, the cold shoulder. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. you just look like a pushover, Mark. Have you ever considered that? Ah, getting down to oh. it. All I you know guys. is that when I go into um, a big box store, I don't go to Walmart here. It's not uh, very close, but uh, I can tell you at the tar- local Target, they don't bother putting out an uh, individual that asks about math. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.